Namaste. Welcome to Veda Talks. I'm Penny Nichols, the host of this podcast, and I'm excited to share with you today. Um, this is an impromptu episode all about the eclipses that are coming up in the next couple of weeks. I had many excuses of why not to record an episode and the main one being my voice. I have been dealing either with allergies or some kind of respiratory bug and it's audible <laughs> within my voice. Um, so as I was trying to write all that I wanted to share within my newsletter, I just kept getting this um, knowing that I just needed to record an episode to give up the need for it to sound a certain way <laughs> and press record. So that's why we were here. Um, this is going to be a very unpolished, raw, unedited episode. And what I'm covering feels really important. So I appreciate you listening um, and apologize for any coughing or throat clearing that happens. So as I sit here recording, it is Monday, April 17th, which means we are already within this eclipse window. On Wednesday night here in the United States, going over into Thursday morning, we will experience a new moon total solar eclipse. And because it's nighttime here, we won't see it here in the U.S., but that doesn't mean it's any less potent for us. Now, you may remember that last April, the lunar nodes, Rahu and Ketu, moved into new signs. Rahu moved into Aries, Ketu moved into Libra, and the nodes traverse one sign for about 18 months. So we are a year into their movement through this sign, through Aries and Libra and kind of nearing the end, right? This last little bit of their exploration, their journey through these signs. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that within the 12 constellations in Vedic astrology, we really look to the 27 nakshatra, <laughs> nakshatras or star signs within the 12 constellations. So even though Rahu and Ketu have been in Aries and Libra for the last year. They've been moving through these different nakshatras, and now Rahu is in Ashwini nakshatra. And that happens to be where the sun is right now. So the sun is in the constellation of Aries and the nakshatra of Ashwini. And he's very strong here. This is his exalted place in the sky. So it's where he's at his strongest. But when an eclipse happens, particularly a solar eclipse, it means that a shadow is going to move across the sun. And so this brings a lot of volatility, especially because it's with the north node of the moon, Rahu. Um, Rahu is a volatile energy. It's very explosive and expansive. So you have this really strong sun which represents our personality, our physical body, our ego, in the sign of Aries, you know, kind of the head of the chart. And um, 
it brings a lot of power within this experience. The symbol for the nakshatra of Ashwini is a horse's head. So I want to say that before I say the next, what I want to say next, because I don't want to confuse anyone. The symbol is a horse's head, which we will talk about. But every time I sit down to be with this energy around what this eclipse represents, I see a phoenix rising. That is the symbol that continues to come into my consciousness. And maybe it's because I have this really intimate relationship with Phoenix and the symbol of Phoenix. Um, but, you know, before a Phoenix can rise again, a complete incineration and destruction must occur. And that's what this eclipse feels like to me. It feels like a burning away of any remaining impurities or shadows that are standing in between us and our fullest expression of light. And truly it's this alchemical process that creates the fertile ground for life to begin anew. It's a really potent time to get clear on the direction that we're heading. Aries is a, an action oriented sign. And so is Ashwini, you know, um, this is considered the star of transport. And as I said, it's associated with, um, with the horse, this regal, strong, powerful symbol of transportation, of movement. And before we move, it's important to get clear on where we're headed. Because during eclipses, it's not really a time to take action. This energy supports a pause, a turning within, taking our gaze within and aligning with the wisdom of our inner teacher so that as we emerge after the eclipse, as the Phoenix rises, we know what the next relevant action is for us to take. We can step courageously forward. Ashwini is ruled by the planet, the shadow planet of K2. K2 is the south node of the moon. And um, this kind of amplifies the intensity and also the healing potential of this eclipse. K2's greatest teaching is one of supreme detachment. This is known as viragyam in Sanskrit, and I'm sure you've heard of me talk about it here in this podcast if you've listened to other episodes, because it is one of um, the greatest teachers of this time in my own experience of life. So what comes to mind when I think of K2's teaching in Ashwini is the teaching of Krishna to Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita, where he speaks about how our actions are ours alone, but the fruit of our actions are his. 
So this teaching just reminds us that we, you know, got to get really clear on the relevant acts, relevant action to take and then commit ourselves fully to it. Move forward with complete devotion and dedication to that action. Fully surrendering and letting go of all attachment to the outcome of the action. And that's such a practice, right? Like, you know, we see kind of, when we shoot the arrow, we're, we're gazing where we want it to go. But once we release it, it's gone. <laughs> this area of the sky is really associated with supreme prana, life force, energy. The invitation to us as practitioners is to harness the potential of this prana, this pure potentiality of the new beginning that comes from this fertile soil of this eclipse through our practices. So using pranayama, kriya, mantra, all to harness the prana so that our stamina increases, our vitality, our staying power. So a lower vibration or a shadow aspect of this energy would be um, arrogance. You know, one who believes they know better than anyone else and one that believes that they don't need any of these practices in order there there's no need because I already know everything um there's a stubbornness within that as well you know the the ram you can um see a ram using its horns to just bulldoze forward uh without mind to anything that's in front of it it's very stubborn Um, very much my way is the right way. So that's a shadow aspect, um, that can arise here in us as, um, people along the path. One of the things that really trips us up is the spiritual ego. And so it can rear its head during this eclipse. Eclipses are an opportunity for shadows to emerge for us to be able to see them, things that are hidden from view. So when we use the practices to access a greater understanding or taking our gaze within, we can observe, we can witness these within ourselves. And oftentimes they will be reflected to us in our experience around us as well. So through our family, through our colleagues, even through people in the grocery store. So if we see these shadows arising within ourselves, we find ourselves triggered. Um, That's beautiful. The awareness is the beginning of the healing. And there is incredible healing potential within this. We can use our practices, remain humble, show up at the feet of our inner guru, and align to that wisdom, that inner knowing, vowing to take surrendered action as we move forward.
in service, in devotion to our own evolution, our own awakening. Not only is this eclipse aspected by Shani Devi or Saturn, Jupiter is just a couple of degrees away from where this eclipse is happening. So Jupiter is um, traversing the last degree of the constellation of Pisces. So he's in this part of the sky considered a Gandanta. Gandanta is the last couple of degrees where water sign meets a fire sign. It's a really potent area of the galaxy of the sky. And so it's, it's just increasing the potency of the wisdom that can be extracted from uh, this eclipse, from the energy and the, and the potential of this eclipse. And in fact, Jupiter will move into this same nakshatra, into Ashwini, two days later, not even two days later, um, on the 21st. So on Friday, Jupiter will move into Aries and begin uh, a new 12-year cycle. Jupiter is one of the great benefic teachers in our solar system. He is, you know, the largest planet outside of the sun. And he really represents this teacher role for us, this expansive dharmic energy that supports growth, that supports evolution creativity, joy, childlike wonder. Jupiter is very much involved with the next three eclipses. And let me explain what I mean. So he is just a couple of degrees away from this eclipse that's happening on Wednesday. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, eclipses have happen in pairs. There's at least two that happen at a time, sometimes three, although that's rare. Um, So we have a full moon lunar eclipse that's happening May 5th. And that will happen in the um, star sign of Vishaka. So it will be um, with the lunar node of K2. And the moon will be placed in Libra in the star sign of Vishaka. This star sign is ruled by Jupiter. And at that time, Jupiter will be directly opposite. So looking straight across the sky at that area of the sky. So Jupiter will be right direct of the moon. So it's really supporting that energy as well. It's very much involved (laughs) in this. And that, that's why it feels so dharmic. Like this really feels like an incredible activation for us to really seed our intentions. So that feels like the potential and what's relevant for us now is to get really clear on what that action is. 
we create our reality. So if we line our mind, our energy, our intentions with relevant action, with how we are meant to be showing up in the world, how are we called to serve? How are we meant to embody this brilliant light that we came on this earth with? that's been covered up with all these layers to protect us, to keep us safe. Can we allow that to, to burn away? Can we throw that into the incinerator of this eclipse? Once and for all. To not allow it to stand between us and our brilliance. Because that is what is relevant now, is for us to stand courageously in our light and move forward purposefully, intentionally. So the last little point I want to make about this Jupiter is that um, the final eclipses within this Aries Libra axis will occur in October. It will occur in the fall. And Jupiter will still be in Aries at that time, right? He It takes him about 12 months within each sign. There's 12 signs, so it takes him 12 month, 12 years to do a full circle, right? A full cycle around the zodiac, around the sun. And so at the end of October, there will be a full moon lunar eclipse in Ashwini. And Jupiter will still be there as well. And so it feels like the seeds, the work, the healing that begins now, there will be a completion in this the fall, like the final threads of it. So this is the long game. We take it one step at a time. We're also intentionally moving in that direction of full embodiment, complete witnessing and understanding our dharmic nature, our cosmic nature. So contemplate, what's your long-term vision for your life? If you find yourself in a life that is not aligned with what your heart is whispering to you, and I know those whispers are getting louder, <laughs> They are for me. They are for my students. Those that are in my programs right now, the whispers are, are growing into a roar. <laughs> so what, what actions, what are the steps, the corrective steps to begin to align with that whisper? What is your long-term vision for your life? And how can you align that in service of your evolution, of your growth, that allows you to experience more love, more presence, more courage, more tenacity? <laughs> how can we be fiercely devoted to our evolution, to showing up imperfectly, that makes me really excited and honored to be walking this path with you. 
So just to sum up and remind us all that eclipses are not times to make big life changes. They're not times to um, sign contracts, to move, to travel, to even have really big conversations, whether that's on a personal level or on a professional level. Save those for after the eclipse, um, both eclipses. So from now until May 7th, really just want to lay low, spend more time in nature, slow down, take pauses, really care for your body, cool the fires of Pitta, create balance within the digestive system, support your skin with nourishing oils, and create more space for you to practice beautiful opportunity to come together in community and practice as well. And you can have, of course, have conscious conversations with other Sangha members about these contemplations. What's burning away? What's presenting itself for you to see clearly with eyes wide open? The shadow that Maybe we've been cloaking ourselves with. Are we willing to allow it to be completely transformed, to throw it into the transformative fires of this eclipse so that we can rise from the ashes, completely new, empowered, willing to take the next right, relevant action? All my love, beauties. Stay brave. Hariyam.